Everyone knows you should never take a physicist to a sci-fi movie. The same can be said about a biologist and a creature feature. We can point out how certain things are biologically unlikely or downright impossible, but that would be boring. So rather than pointing out what can't happen, why not ask ourselves, what if it was real? So using my super nerd levels of knowledge about biology, physics, and mythical creatures, my friends and I will explore how different creatures could have actually evolved on our planet and what they potentially would look like. Hello, and welcome back to A Real Creature Feature. I'm Mac. I'm Mike. And I'm Dean. Today, we're going to be talking about mermaids. Now, we're going to be talking about the hot kind or the not hot kind. They're all hot. It depends on your preference. Yeah, I'm okay with either one. Um, It just depends on how, you know, we have to deal with, like, uh, you know, childbearing and things like that. So, yeah, that we're going to start there. Uh, what is a mermaid? Describe them. Yeah, well, we can go into two. There's two modes for them. Mm-hmm. The original mermaids, as the sailors used to describe them, were half fish, half lady, where the fish part was at the top and the lady part was at the bottom. Yeah, you really? can give me that look, that look that you can't see. That was genuinely what sailors used to describe. Huh. We're like very hot butterfaced fish. <laughs> okay. And they were like, got a fish top, but you know what? They were real hot at the bottom, so I would. Yeah. You know, but of course there is the more well-known ones today as the uh, Little Mermaid Ariel style, you know, human parts at the top half and then fist part changes at the waist okay uh how about you dean well you have your classic mermaid which either is a monkey top sewn to a (laughs) taxidermied fish bottom and sold to a future circus tycoon barnum pt barnum barnum Barnum, but barnum and bailey this is before bailey Bailey got involved Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you have that one, or you have the extra traditional sea cows, where mm-hmm. uh, where sailors wanted to f- manatees. Which, that never made sense to me. It was just like, clearly, they don't look all that human. Well, Mac, apparently you've never heard the phrase, any port in a storm. Mm-hmm. Or the fact that many of them, due to their lack of vitamin C, have very bad eyesight. Yeah, is that too. Or vitamins in general. I think it's like vitamin A also with the eyes. I, I, I feel like we all learn a little something in these regards because you always tend to give us really weird looks sometimes when we talk about what we know about these things. And then you're just like, here's what we got. And here's why you're so full of crap. Uh, I, there's only one thing that I wanted to make sure we specified was the difference between, uh, what a siren is and what a mermaid is. Hmm. And one of the big things, like, cause there are so many different stories of like water creatures. Cause there's like the Undine, the Rosaka, like all these other ones. Like there's, they are everywhere in like every folk cult, folklore and culture and everything else. And it like. But the main difference between a siren and a mermaid is a siren is actually a half woman, half bird creature yeah. that sings and lures uh, sailors to their deaths. I was gonna and say, yeah, cause... the mermaid is yeah. the half a fish, yeah. half human. OK, I know this is going to get off topic immediately. Then what's the difference between a harpy and a siren? Harpy and a siren. A harpy, I don't think they ever sang or lure. Yeah. So I'm like, I think there were. But I think. If anything, they'd be if we were going to go for it in a scientific, they're probably in the same family. OK, if not. Well, just... one obviously has a beak face with three sagging titties. Mm. And uh, harpies also had like metal um, wings because that was the yeah. story with Hercules. Um, he was they were able to like, sh- depending on which story, they were able to actually like launch these razor sharp feathers at him. Interesting. Yeah, uh, that one like, I didn't know. 
but yeah, and depending on the story, the mermaids are either very nice and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to help the sailors or, hey, we're just going to drown you because it's fun. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Which... I mean, the Peter Pan one is very much there. They will drown you if they if you get close. Yeah. So let's talk about fish, because today we will be discussing humans and fish diverged a really long time ago. I mean, like, we diverged from uh, lobed finned fish to tetrapods. And it's like, we haven't really looked back, really, compared to the fish that we're going to be basically talking about today. Well, I mean, why wouldn't we? We should have looked back, though. We're not like sharks. We have necks. We can do that. Well, maybe when we were tetrapods, we couldn't, because maybe we didn't have necks as tetrapods. We still are tetrapods. I'm a tetrapod. We We have four limbs. Tetra. So this is the very simple overview for the separation between uh, how when we divided. Let's go with it. There are vertebrates. Vertebrates then branched off into two different things, things that have jaws and things that don't have jaws. So like a lamprey and everything else like that. They don't have a jaw. Mm-hmm. At least I think a lamprey doesn't have a jaw. All yeah. the ones I've ever seen, they're kind of like that big open mouth with a lot of teeth. Yeah. And then there's another break off between the bony fish and the cartilage cartilaginal fish so sharks rays and all those mm-hmm. and then the next branch of the bony fish goes from lobe finned fish and ray finned fish that's the next branch off yeah. and that's where we're going to talk about the divergence like so i'm not going to say so our mermaid is going to be our first mermaid because we're going to have a part two but this mermaid is going to be based off of if they evolved from the ray finned fish. Okay. Uh, I'm still going to talk about a lot of the lobe finned fish, like because it was just like kind of how it evolved and everything else, and like it made us. Yeah. And the interesting thing I learned about this was um, the lobe finned fish, like all the like where the f- uh, fin is, it's kind of like at one anchor point, which yeah. made it a lot more sturdy and easier to. Uh, um, support more weight because there is like one point where it can be uh, build up and everything else. And a ray fin is kind of more spread out. Like if you've you've seen like a beta fish or anything like that where they have the big flowy fins, yeah. there's like it's nothing really solid oh, for okay. the, anything to anchor onto. And then you know it's a slow build up of. Uh, it was actually kind of cool. I was watching one of the videos from. Basically, it was just like a general lab thing yeah. or a general like educational book. And they were talking about um, how low finned fish were actually the more common for a chunk of time. But then the environment started changing uh, and the low fins. Some of them started getting in the lower land, lower, more shallow waters and starting developing what would eventually become hands and feet and legs. And uh, but then there's a climate change thing that decimated the lobe finned populations and then were being out competed by the ray fins which kind of really did push that evolutionary thing of uh we gotta go we gotta go we gotta go do this we gotta actually figure this out (laughs) because uh the our resources are getting more finite so it's the arm you know the classic arms race analogy where it's like oh hey yeah here we gotta go do something special and do something weird Uh, so then uh, then our the ancestors to us, you know, slowly developed these hands. Or, OK, slowly developed legs so that they could slowly get more and more on land. Uh, so um, part of the lobe finned fish, like uh, I can't remember what it, of the evolutionary tree. There's also the coelacanth, the lungfish, and then all of us. Uh, and uh, see, and that was like the lungfish because I'm like they still exist and they're still around, yeah. and they don't look like you know the ra- the ray finned fish because of um, some of them actually can basically breathe out of water because they have well rudimentary lungs. They yeah. don't have gills and everything else like um, the other fish. And then the coelacanth, you know, the one that we thought that were that was extinct for a very long time. And then we just found it r- one day randomly in Malaysia or somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere in the, in Asia. I was just like, oh, neat, neat. And the thing is huge. Yeah. And they're ugly. As, they're pretty ugly. Well, I mean, so, yeah, they are. I'll tell you that much. 
I'm just the Wikipedia definitely shows me that they're pretty ugly. Very, very armored. Mm -hmm. I mean, those scales look really thick. Yeah, they do. They are in the. uh, And uh, so our basic premise for this mermaid is if it decided to start evolving uh, a raven fish, start evolving hands, basically. So the idea with this one is, like I said, with the low fin, they had like that one singular spot mm-hmm. that kind of evolved into, well, our arms and legs and everything else. Yeah. But there isn't that same singular spot for a ray finned mermaid. So one of the things that I was thinking about this is because, you know, we have very delicate fingers and everything else, but we are limited to how many fingers we had because of how everything evolved I mean, it would be even worse if we were cartoons, though. We'd even mm-hmm. have fewer fingers. Yeah, but if you ever look at, like, the evolution of hands, uh, like, different CT scans of, like, like how our bones used to look, and then look at, like, amphibians and everything else, and some of them have, like, there are more than actual... This one has one, two, three, four, five, six fingers. Yeah. Oh. But I'm, like, sitting there thinking about that with um, these rayfish, if they actually evolved some kind of hands or anything like that. Yeah. Potentially they could have more than five fingers if they get to a, a certain point and they would be also really long and uh, bony. Oh, and so like, alien hands. Yeah. Yeah, actually. But like even thinner than that kind of. Uh, so, Oh, you ever, do you ever eat? Have you ever eaten fish? Duh. Yeah. Like when you get, a, a no, we live in Wisconsin. No one's ever eaten fish here. Ever, ever. But it was like, you know, when you get a because all the fish are along the coasts, (laughs) there's not a gigantic lake that surrounds our top east border. Yeah. But think about like when you get bite into and you find like a rib bone or something like that. And just like how long and delicate that is. Yeah. Because I'm like, they're also not really needing to support much from gravity because, hey, they aren't affected by gravity as much. Same reason, like why whales can be giant. The you know largest species on the planet is a blue whale, and the thing's the largest living uh, vertebrate ever. And And it's got the smallest throat uh, for a giant animal. Yeah, ratio. And but the interesting thing about that is like, what happens when they beach themselves? How do they die? Weight. Yeah, they suffocate. The weight is so much that they are suffocated by their own weight. And that's how they die. Because, yeah, it's not like they're suffocating from lack of oxygen. Yeah. Thanks, Free Willy. So think about King Trident. Big, muscular guy. And all this other stuff is like, you don't really need... Like, you know, having a strong tail is useful and everything else. But I'm like, what do you... What is he bench pressing? All the anchors from the ships. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to... He doesn't want us humans being stuck in one spot. He wants us to float around. <laughs> so he I, picks up the anchor and throws him away. I'm going to I'm going to posit this as far as the little mermaid goes. The the physically larger you are, the more magic you have. Mm, yeah. I mean, think about it. Trident and Ursula, they had the most magic of everyone. Which uh interesting thing is in I think what was it the original script? Uh they were supposed to be siblings. Yep. And it's just like, well, that's canonical, one... especially when you get into the musical. Yeah. Oh, Lord. but it was just like, but one's an octopus and one's a fish. Yeah, that's that's even more separated. That's started. That yeah. separation is from vertebra and not vertebrate. Yeah. Yeah. But Triton is the son of Poseidon and Poseidon a lot of different things and yeah. created a lot of different children. Cyclops are technically 100%. Poseidon's children. Oh, 100%. But it's more of a, are they going off that that's how it worked in Little Mermaid? Yeah. They never established who Ariel's grandpa was. Me. <laughs> no. But yeah, I, I, always find, I always find that interesting when you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would you? No, yeah. you don't need that. So yeah, like I said, like with the wyverns is you can have a huge gamut of what these things probably could eventually look like mm. because the fish don't look all the same. and like. Deep sea ones could be different and everything else. This is under Mira Grant's pseudonym. Okay. And she did a great book. It's called Into the Drowning Deep. And uh, basically, she wanted to make a more biologically accurate mermaid. Ah. 
And in there, it, it was really interesting because she also does love doing um, like oh, what would be the term? I forgot. It just escaped me. Um, inclusion. Yeah. So in there, they have two characters that are twin sisters and they're both deaf. And it was interesting because then they're positing that the only place a mermaid could still exist is in the Marianas Trench Ooh. or like really deep. Metal. And it was like, yeah, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And like she posited like how something that lives that deep could actually come to the surface, which is actually really, really difficult. Because I was like, if you ever look at the blobfish. Ah. So if you ever well, look. Hold uh, hold on. I got speaking of that. I'm going to be sending you guys a picture in the chat here. Nice. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Because as soon as you were talking about the Mariana's Trench and then we were talking about mermaids. There oh. we go. Oh. Oh, it's in the general chat. Oh, geez. Yeah. Looking at your picture. Uh, SNL uh, audience. It's an SNL skit thing. Where it's some uh, ugly mermaid men, mermans. Yeah, so you've got Kate McKinnon plays the, this was recently after a major picture of the blobfish became popular. So you have uh, Kate McKinnon and Scarlett Johansson as... um, (laughs) Anglerfish. Anglerfish. Funny. That is, yeah, a blobfish. Anglerfish has two jaws. Yeah. Oh, this is ridiculous. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, if you ever look at the picture of the blobfish, uh, there are generally two different pictures. There's yeah. the one where you see what a blobfish looks like at the surface. And then that you can see a picture of what it looks like in the deep. And the blobfish, like its name set indicates, looks like a blob when it's at the surface. It's just like, but if you look at a picture from in the under the depth, it has spikes. Yeah, it's beautiful. And so it was just an interesting because they had basically had the thing in the into the drowning deep that like that's how it like has like this weird lung and different sacks to keep itself from like blowing up, basically. Interesting. And uh and yeah, had it like with the angler fish where it had like bioluminescent hair yeah. or hair like appendages and like all this other stuff. And because they're in like such things so down deep that you know they have big eyes, but they also use rudimentary sign language or a rudimentary sign language because it's like there's it's really probably hard to communicate. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to do. It's hard to do ASL with those fingers. Yeah. Well, in in there, that that's why I was like, they would have like like very long, delicate fingers, and I yeah. was like, oh, and I liked the fact that she was like, oh yeah, all this other stuff. I didn't like yeah. the fact that they were like, yeah, but like they still gave her, they gave them like, um, this is a spoiler to the book. If you want to watch it, stop here. Yeah. But uh, all the mermaids that they find are actually male. Ah. And it's just interesting because how they have they have like they have a very simian looking face and a more curvaceous curvaceous body, which would explain like what how they could lure sailors and stuff like that. Blah blah blah. I was like, oh, that's interesting. This is Mira Grant. You said was the author. Yes. Yeah. Into the drowning deep. Okay. And it was just really and it was really interesting because then she goes also into the ecological. Um, the biome of the creatures that would live on these creatures that live so deep. Cause you know, like sharks have lampreys and stuff like that. And like uh, our bodies are covered with trillions inside and outside with bacteria and everybody's biomes slightly different. Yeah. It's actually really kind of cool. Um, with that is your biome will actually start looking more and more similar to the people that you live with. Because you guys share it. Yeah. Then uh, same thing with like uh, moms and children. So if you're born uh, via the vaginal canal, you're getting a bunch of that bacteria and stuff from your mom that helps protect you. And uh, you don't get that if you have uh, get it from a C-section. But luckily, that doesn't really matter as much because as long as the mom holds her child that biome will still incorporate into um, onto the baby. Okay. So you're saying that we just need to have the baby and then hermetically seal it immediately. 
for freshness. Yes, if you want to have a child that has no uh, natural immunities to the world. The, of course uh, I don't. Uh, basically a bacterial force field. <laughs> of course I don't. Wait, I need wait. my child pure. <laughs> pure as the driven snow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was just uh, really neat. And I really did enjoy... Uh, her, I enjoy all her books, so I can't. Yeah. So I'm going to speak her up, too. Um, now, because we also have to address like the difference in physiology between what this particular mermaid would look like compared to, you know, the mermaids that we see in stories, see in stories, see in movies and hear about in stories. Yeah. So Little Mermaid, um, how does her tail look? looks like a scaly fish tail however yeah. it has the aspects of a mammalian tail yeah so yeah. Do it. yeah for the people yeah. who don't understand if you look at mammals uh who live in the sea their tail goes up and down in relationship to their spine so if you hold your arm out and your forearm is the spine and your hand you lay flat is the tail you're moving it up and down if it was any other sea creature you would turn your hand and then it would go side to side yeah exactly and i'm like and since we're having it that it's going to be that it evolved from a ray fin fish that has stayed in the water it would go it's tail uh, swims side to side hmm. so i was like oh then that would be a drastic difference in a- appearance yeah and now here's the thing too that i have to, i was like i want to get your guys opinion about this one would our mermaid be able to turn its head from left to right or up and down oh on well it depends i well on most fish they don't have the ability to do that because they don't mm. have necks like that. They don't have yeah. any sort of bone structure to make those kind of movements. And that's the thing, too, is something that's very, very interesting. So if you uh, let's compare human heads to dog heads or cows or anything, any kind of four legged creature. OK, our heads are attached right below our skull, like from our spine to our uh, skull. It's like right below. So that we have it, you know, can balance on our uh, neck bones and our neck muscles. Any other animal that is four-legged, that hole where the spine goes into is uh, further up. More onto like the very back of your head. Like where, um, like the edge of a baseball cap. Where like the, when you adjuster is. Yeah. Kind of like right there. So it was like, and that would be basically what would happen with the same thing with like a fish or anything like that. Is like, we... Uh, and then if you look at like a raccoon or anything else that can like go from two to four, that uh, opening is lower than on a dog's, but higher than on humans. Okay. So like somewhere in the middle so that okay. they can go from walking on all fours to standing up with having okay. too much strain. Because I was like, have you ever tried uh, what happens when you try crawling on all fours for too long? You get neck pain because yeah. you got to try and keep yeah. looking forward. You got to raise up your neck. You have to keep that eight pound. Well, no, the human average was it average human brain is eight pounds or is their yeah. head eight pounds? I think if Jerry yeah, Maguire says eight pounds, gray, gray matter. Yeah. Okay, you're still. It's a huge amount of weight to have balancing on not your spine where you're having yeah. to hold it up. It's only being held up by muscle. So yeah. I'm like, that's a lot of weight, and it's not designed properly to hold it up that way, unlike a dog or a cow or a horse. So. These guys, they never would have had a different kind of uh, position. And they also, a lot of times it's dark and down out there. So they have like other sensory organ uh, mechanisms. Uh, what was it? The lateral line. They can like feel vibrations. A lot of fish have that and they can feel the vibrations through the water and everything else. So they don't really need to see what's happening because it that's, would be too slow for them to have to turn their head, turn and look. So I was like, our our mermaid would not be the prettiest because they would probably not have much of a neck. Aww. <laughs> and uh, or you and you, I know you've seen the movie, but for the audience, if you ever see the movie um, Cabin in the Woods by Joss oh, yeah. Whedon, in there they have yeah. one of the characters. He wants to see a mermaid. 
Oh, they're and, so gross. <laughs> and in the very end, yeah, it's very gross. And it's this big, ugly thing that did not have a neck. And it was yep. just like, Bruh. yeah. And it was like, uh, it's not pretty. But I'm like, that would probably be more biologically sound, too. Because why are you, you don't need to look up and down all that much. And depending on like, yeah, like I said, it depending on where the basic environment is, they might not be able to see all that well, period, because it's either it's it's dirty water. So it's like eyes aren't as important. Like all it re- they really do is indicate like uh, light and no light in many places. Or if they're like really deep, they can't really see anything. Then they use the bioluminescence. Then they have these giant eyes. Yeah. What was the fish? Oh, 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 there's a particular type of fish. Uh, that they evolved. Oh, this is actually really kind of cool. Um, go. Oh, shoot. No, sorry about that. Just say it's, uh, there is a particular type of fish that is called, uh, a deep sea fish. It has a trans. Oh, there it is. The barrel eye fish. It has a transparent head. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and uh, like that's basically the only way it can like look up is it's literally looking up through its skull. Wow, they're really they kind of look like um like a submarine actually, like with a like a bubble. Oh, they're really neat, hmm. and uh, and they they use that to so they can look up basically and like see the difference. And rather than oh, like needing a neck, that's crazy. Yeah, they're really cool. Okay. I'm a, uh, I I just put a picture in the chat. Uh, audience yeah i'd say just look up the yeah. barrel eyed uh fish honestly so i'm kind of pushing some of the stuff into the group chat yeah you could take some of these and i think put them on the instagram if you wanted to oh yeah we will but you know when this comes out we'll have to do that put them on the insta yeah because i'm also hey. have like a bunch of this stuff too is because i have like the um evolutionary tree yeah. the odd thing about the barrel eyed fish just looking at this thing is how it looks like it has front eyes. Oh, yeah. Like front-facing eyes. So uh, there is a particular species of fish that um, it's really kind of cool that they found... Uh, I can't remember. I, I, it was in Mexico. I'm pretty sure it was Mexico. They found them in caves. And, like, they didn't have eyes. Like, all this other stuff. And then they found... Uh, they were like, oh, and they have, like, the relatives. They found the relatives. And they're like, but they have eyes. And the interesting thing is that they're the same species. It's all based off of the environment that they're born into. They will like basically lose all pigment and like not develop eyes. It was just like, oh, that's so it's it. There's a trigger in their DNA that causes that to happen because like you don't need eyes in in pitch black. You don't need pigment because that's just a waste of materials and like all this other stuff. I was like, oh, that's really, and then I'm like, that's really kind of cool that it was like the exact same species that decided, yeah, we're just going to, you know, have two different evolutionary paths, but still function as the same species so they can interbreed. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird when you think about it that way is like, but then how do you find each other? Life will find a way, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, Look, uh, Look, if Jurassic Park taught us through fi- through six movies, you can find a way and then run it all the way into the ground. Oh, God. I, I've i seen all Jurassic Park movies in the theaters. I saw the f- original one when I was uh, six, six or seven, like four times in theaters. I loved it. It's one of, it, it inspired me to do biology and all this yeah. other stuff. Damn it. And then, and then that's when you realize dinosaurs aren't real. Uh, well, those dinosaurs aren't real, yeah. Never but, real in the first place. Better. All right, let's get back on topic. Mermaids. Who wants to fuck them? As a weirdo, because it would probably have to develop a, a better way of uh, birthing, where it. So with uh, fish, what they do is like you know they do a bunch of eggs and then crop dust the eggs with sperm. <laughs> So it's low, low resource, yeah. high yield. Yeah. As compared to us, which is high resource, um, low yield. Low yield. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's why. And they ha- and if they, depending on if we want this, these mermaids to be intelligent, which I'm assuming we are, because I'm like, we're actually giving them hands so they can actually manipulate their environment. Yeah. 
that they would have to have uh, at least uh, close to human intelligence. So that yeah. means that their entire system of uh, reproduction would also be probably drastically different. And because of that, maybe their uh, physiology would start looking more like us where they could turn their heads and everything else. Why do we have whites on our eyes? Or what? Well, okay, that's a that's a dumb question. But what does the whites in our eyes help? I have no idea on this one. This is actually really kind of cool because you can notice this in like a difference between a dog and a human and like chimpanzees. Yeah. So where am I looking right now? Uh, well, you're looking directly at the camera. Yeah, and you can tell that because of the whites in my yeah. eyes. Yeah. It allows uh you to notice like that i'm looking away looking towards looking somewhere else oh. as compared to a dog dogs they don't have the big uh, i think it's the sclera yeah and you it's really hard to like really notice if they're actually looking at you though they also tend to look at where they're pointing their face so yeah. at least that helps but yeah and so like if they actually need to have some kind of society or anything else they their eyes would look probably a lot different yeah. So that and maybe they would move forward more so because of um oh yeah, fish also don't need to look all that much around that much because their eyes are on the side of their head. So if yeah. they needed to be able to have their eyes more forward, uh, so that they can actually be aware of their environment and having binocular vision so they could actually look at something properly, then they would have maybe evolve a neck so that yeah. they could actually look, hey, I'm gonna look at that thing. And then be able to look at their friend or companion or whatever and actually be able to communicate with them in some manner rather than yes. I'm just going to be a weird fish with arms. Yeah. And then, yeah, maybe they would be more serpentine in appearance, too, because, you know, so you can in, in case you can't actually turn your head all that sharp around, like unless they develop like a really long neck so they could yeah. actually do with like a 180. Or, yeah, make them that they can do a more serpentine shape so they, they could twist at their back, spine. So they may end up looking more like the Kaminoans in Star Wars? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it, interesting, the Kaminoans are, uh, are they'd have made themselves a more aquatic friendly species because yeah. they ha uh, when you see them in Star Wars, they're in the middle of uh, a, like after an ice age. Oh. So their entire planet's flooded. Yeah. So, which would make sense, which is why they're constantly dealing with the storms. Yeah. And uh, so they actually are, they started cloning themselves and genetically engineering themselves to actually fit into that environment. Interesting. They artificially evolved themselves to fit better on their home planet. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. And hence why they're so good at cloning, because it actually is yeah. very important for them as a species to survive. Yeah. But yeah. And so like, hey, there we go. I went from it's going to be a fish with arms to actually it could be more uh, human in appearance, like shape. Yeah. Not saying like it would be like uh, they would have like, hips or anything like us that how we can perceive yeah. them. Because I'm like, why would they wouldn't need those muscle attachment <laughs> points? Yeah. So, so more serpent like. Yeah. So it could have yeah. like a nice row of ribs that just go all the way down to the end of their tail. Ooh. And yeah. then have like long flowing uh, fins and then having like these more, I don't know, I, I would, how I would imagine their arms would look would be uh, kind of having like one main, um, like the, the bones and the, the fins would uh, maybe have like one main arm kind of structure and then having all that other stuff connected and flowing from it so that it would look uh, like a pterodactyl where how it yeah. has like that. But rather than and then have it like uh, so like a pterodactyl can. Yeah, where it wouldn't need to have wings that are like that big, but they could have fins in that sense where that's what they're using to propel themselves or not propel themselves, but they use them to guide them, like uh, direct themselves better. Yeah. Hmm. OK. Yeah. Now you've got some new ideas. Yeah. No. Yeah. I love the, I love this is why I'm also like there's a part of me that I'm like, I should really do better research and everything else in. Uh, the pre the preparations phases for this, but I'm like, but then that wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have come up yeah. with that idea right in there. Well, or we wouldn't have had Dean's uh, Gorgon squirting um, petrifying juice out of their yeah. eyes idea. Well, I it, it, I think it really depends because there is a balance in a lot of this also, yeah. just because I, I think in the idea of you giving out research is 
we would also want to ask questions, which is what tends to lead to. Because I, I always think this way, when you had described the idea of being serpentine, I was like, well, that always just makes me think of the Kaminoans from Star Wars. Because while they're not like, while they definitely don't, they have that idea of like the long neck and that almost serpentine look to them in a lot of ways. Which was because uh, I've been listening to a lot of like sci- uh, Star Wars Explained videos. Yeah. So for like evolution, our, our, how we look is to better fit ourselves, fit better in our environment, everything else. But for them, it was, that's what their ideal image is. Yeah. So imagine if us as a society were able to genetically engineer ourselves to look like a person's perspective, like idea of what an ideal human would look like and how weird we'd actually look. Because hmm. well, have you ever seen those yeah. filters where they like you, they show what your face would look like if yeah. it actually was symmetrical? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah. Not 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 as good looking as people think. Which is interesting, and it is interesting because that's also the metric that they use for um, attractiveness in humans. Yeah. Is uh like some symmetry. It's odd. Yeah. The one thing is, uh, it, it, and I think it's always that idea of, like, even now. The idea of like what is what is beautiful or the idea of what's attractive changes and sometimes it changes from year to year, let alone that used to be on like certain scales, like yeah. back in the 1940s and 50s, the idea of actually being more buxom and like fuller as a human being, you know, without saying fat, <laughs> but that yeah. idea is that was more attractive was to be more kind of wealth yeah then heroin chic came around in the you know late 80s early 90s and that's actually kind of the reason why i always got really weirded out by speech like in creatures that they were like um yeah and this is like a creature that mimics humans and then that's how they get you but i'm like but they would have to be on top of what they find attractive yeah so so we've changed we went from a species that basically looks like how I'm going to just start it. Like in my head right now, it kind of looks like a betta fish yeah. the, with the sense of the f- big flowing fins. Yep. Like originally and kind of kept all that flowingness, a nice flowy tail, nice flowy arm, like under, mm-hmm. like, I guess, I don't know, arm fins. And then a nice, even then. Yeah. Cause you can also have a flowy head ridge too. Yeah. And that's the coolest thing about, like I've, I've said this before, like the cool thing about this concept that we're working with is we're not limited to um, one design or one concept. Because I'm like, yeah, there is no one design for a lot of things. I'm like, there, there's kind of so technically there is a one design for humans. And this is actually really kind of cool. So I think it was like 75,000 yeah. years ago. We almost went extinct. Yeah. And well, uh and because of that, our DNA is actually like comparing it to like other species, hmm. super duper close, like identical. Oh, yeah. Well, it's um, our genetic drift isn't as obvious yeah. as others. So, yeah, we went from a kind of weird oblong uh, shaped fish with fins to uh, a more slender I, I don't want to say serpentine because I'm like, it just makes people uh, think more, serp- but more humanoid ish yeah. look. So I'm actually really yeah. kind of happy that we explained why maybe mermaids would have necks and why they would have waists and everything else. And like why they would have more f- forward facing eyes. So maybe, yeah, that whole simian thing kind of makes sense. It's like, because so that they can know who they're looking at. So they could actually have some kind of civilization because that's the problem too, is like, there's no point in having a species that's really smart, like our level of smart, mm-hmm. if they don't have some kind of society. I'm like, tigers are smart. Yeah. Cats are smart. Yeah. But they also don't work together all that much, except yeah. for lions. True. So I'm like, they're never going to overtake us because like yeah. they, we have numbers and a society working for with us while they just have, well, they have us also trying to defend them too. <laughs> yeah. But would they also, I mean, if they have like our level of intelligence, would they also have to have our same need for that community? Because that's a lot of what makes us us is that we are social animals in that sense. I think if we have it, that 
it they would need to in the sense of so like once again we're going to be going to like how we uh think like an alien would have to evolve and stuff like that it's a species that could be advanced and like actually have abilities to communicate and blah 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 if you to have a need to communicate you need to have a group like a group setting if you don't if you are more a uh, singular species then what's the point of communicating where you know where all you need is scent markers saying hey this is my territory there okay. is no need to transmit ideas other than like super duper simple ones of mine go away me bigger makes sense so yeah like if we think about it that way yeah then they probably do have to have society now true they also could be less uh less likely to want to be in big groups or they could be like you know a school of fish where they want to be in giant uh family groups so like their society and that'd be a cool take on different creatures and stuff like that is like rather than having them alien in the sense of uh appearance having them alien in their society that it's their family groups are different because that's one of those things that is kind of universal. We all have like these family groups, like the basics, the structure can be different, but the fact that like every culture has them is more or, le more or less universal. I think if I'm wrong, I will admit to it. And I'm like, I would, but I would like to see yeah. like, uh, like, uh, cited sources from yeah. audience members. Yeah. Um, no, and I get that. Um, I know we kind of lost the thread on this, and maybe we'll pick it up on the next one since we are going to be doing a second half of Mermaids on this one. Yeah. Um, in the idea of, uh, will we be deal will we have to talk about reproduction? Because I can cut this part out if we need to. Would we be talking about like the actual reproduction process potentially? So the actual reproduction process for these particular mermaids. Yeah. Maybe there would have to be something more mammalian, more advanced, rather than uh, where they actually have to have some way of one partner one offspring but the thing about that is maybe because of that whole social the a community group thing too is maybe because of that they have a more loose definition of family where there isn't just a father a mother blah 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 where it's just like no 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 all they those are the offspring and we are the adults so okay. all adults take care of all the offspring uh, and this is actually really interesting. I learned about this recently in um, Ologies. They were talking about this for uh, gorillas. So gorillas, there is generally like one main male. And uh, in groups like that, like throughout the animal kingdom, something that's like, I didn't know this, but it's actually really interesting. There is not that much competition for male dominance in that. The How it works is they're defending their harem. Like that's not it's not, that that's the sign of dominance is like they're not competing for um, a mate every year, but they're competing to keep their mates safe from other roaming gorillas. So the interesting thing about that is gorillas have small penises and small testicles by by size. I mean, like I think it was like two inches size penis and gorillas are huge. So yeah. proportionally speaking, that's very small. And yes. but because of that, and that's a thing throughout actually a lot of nature is when an animal isn't needing to compete as much, there is the smaller of a penis. So wow. I know this for some whales, uh, they use what is called uh, the blowout thing method, where uh, they try to if one male mates with one other uh, female and then another male comes along, he will try to blow out the other male's sperm. Interesting. Yeah, and they also have very long. I, I think some of them actually have prehensile penises. Okay, for that particular purpose. So it's like if they have this fish that it's depending on the the social structure, or yeah. the that would be determinant of like how they reproduce. Okay. Where maybe they do have they actually do develop some kind of apparatus similar to uh, a penis because I don't think they have uh, penises. Like, uh, I think reptiles, uh, like that's when it's, you start seeing it. So yeah. it's called like a hemipene and it's actually really interesting with, uh, it was snakes. They kind of have like two, 
but it's not really it's more it's like a it's like pronged kind of thing so it's like actually it's for like helping to hold on into position it's like a claw hammer uh well more like a pincer yeah okay fine yeah <laughs> and it's so it's like really interesting because like oh that's that's drastically different than us and but it's also like because that's just how it worked and uh, what was it? it was walking with dinosaurs years and years ago it was interesting uh i remember watching this and they had like a, a sauropod yeah sauropod uh like they're like showing like birthing eggs because they're like there are we, there's evidence that a lot of dinosaurs had eggs and they laid them and they put them in these big nests but it's like a sauropod they're huge yeah so how did they get them down so they're like maybe they have this apparatus that kind of just like sh- like uh goes lower and basically it's like a shoot mm. and like we once again just like uh dinosaurs with ears yeah. we won't be able to know that yeah because but they clearly had some way of getting those eggs from that high up down hmm. well that almost makes me wonder if depending on the structure of the egg, because I know with chickens, I know with like chickens and birds, depending on how they like, depending on how they work, like eggs are specifically designed to fall from a certain height mm-hmm. into a very specific type of nesting. Yeah. And that's what keeps them from breaking. Yeah. And but so I'm like, I don't know how, but then like those eggs would have to be very thick and very yeah. specializedly designed yeah. to not yeah. shatter from what, 20 feet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, I mean, but like, I mean, I always think about how thick an ostrich egg is. Yeah, the largest, uh, when an an ostrich egg, when it's still a single cell, is the largest cell on the planet. Yep. Well, largest single cell is like, that's just interesting when you think about that. It was like, it, it averages to, it averages to about 13 large chicken eggs. Mm. But still, it was shocking, like how big those things are. Yeah. And. Yeah, and you had to get out, like, we had to, like, you can't just crack open an ostrich egg either. It's thick enough. We actually had to get out a Dremel tool and cut around it. it. Yeah, so you have to take a Dremel, cut around it so that you get enough of that outer shell off to then break it out. Yeah. It was, it's crazy. Nice. And yeah, ostriches can also, like, squat down, so, like, it's not even like they have to worry about the drops. Yeah. So it's like, well, but they also have to worry about them sitting on it. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Mermaids don't have to worry about that as much, though, either, because just get in the water. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Mermaid, yeah. They like, because yeah, I don't know of many water based life forms that have like hard shelled eggs. No. I think so. the closest you might get are like shark egg sacks. And there's not even that. Yeah, no. And a lot, I don't know if all sharks do this, but I know, uh, uh, a lot of them, they are they hatch inside. Yes, there's so that, uh, there's it, different ones. Yeah, it, there's different ones. Some of them, most most eggs are that uh, have that thicker sort of like leather leather thing. And but um, some some sharks will lay them. Others will. Uh, keep them inside them and then you have uh, baby sharks who are born before the others and they eat the others that are not hatched yet. Yeah. But you know what they call that leather sack that sharks produce? Mermaid's purse. Nice. And if you see, if you've ever looked at one, it's it actually kind of does look like that. Yeah. It's They're very interesting. And that would be kind of cool because like whenever you look at your early human stuff, yeah. It's not like we haven't done that where yeah. we recycle things because I'm like, I know of people using what well, what was it? It was uh, the uh, what are uh, raccoon dogs called in Japan? Tanukis. Tanukis. Uh, they had a real bad. I think they were like endangered for a while because uh, one of the things was it was supposed to be lucky to have a Tanuki coin purse. Yeah. A Tanuki testicle, uh, not testicle, uh, scrotum sack coin purse. Oh, good lord. Because Boy. I think there were stories where the Tunuki could do that. And if oh, you yeah. put one gold coin in, you can get, get two out. Yep. And it was just like, no, 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 no. So it would be actually interesting yeah. seeing like the, I, I, this is like, this is the main reason why I want to, I want there to be aliens out there and stuff like that. I like, I just want to see like the coolest thing would be the development of different art styles and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, 
the recent, like the closest we have is like Maori and other Islander culture. And that would be probably very similar to like these mermaids because of you having used like whalebone and other things that they get from the sea as parts of their art and cultural things. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be, but then, yeah, yeah. then I also now thinking about like, what would their weapons be like? Because they have to live in entirely different media. Yeah. So I'm like the notion of like using a club probably wouldn't be all that useful. No. And you'd have to design a sword in a very, and how could you do metalwork underwater? Fine. Yeah. I'm like you'd, you'd volca- volcanic vents and stuff like that. But that means that you're also working in a environment where the water is that hot. Yeah. So I'm like, it's like, oh, if you could get metal that hot, you couldn't beat it on anything because no. then you would move it to somewhere where the water isn't that hot. So there, so all this other stuff would have to be entirely different. How did Triton get so jacked? He had to spend a lot of time near the volcanoes pounding out a trident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe yeah. They uh, so like if they evolved on Earth, which is the basic premise of all this, their culture would be maybe would be have to be more scout scavenging like. Yeah. But yeah, because I was like, eventually, if they ever wanted to. That would actually be an indicator of like uh like alien species too for us is like we probably wouldn't find any solely aquatic life forms because they could never get off their planet. Yeah. Or they would have to come up with a drastically different technology that, you know, we have no uh frame of reference. Well they have. It's a gigantic cylinder <clears throat> that floats over Earth and I was upset that we lost our whales oh. to the future. Oh, yeah. oh no. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Star Wars Five, Star Trek, Star Wars Five, 5. Star Trek Five. Yeah. yeah, Star Trek Five. I know some Star Trek movie. They have to have a bunch of crap lousy whales. Yeah, yeah, which is a uh, really cool and uh, yeah, good point. There's, I think in a, I, I think in a lot of that way though, it is in a society like that. I mean, it would definitely be harder because again, so much of what we do on Earth is based around like. Any weapon would have to be something that could stay, essentially would be okay with a large amount of salt and moisture. So you realistically can't do much with metals. You realistically can't do much with wood. And you realistically have, at best, rock. Coral. Yeah. Bone and rock. Yeah. Because it was like, you know, thinking. So recently they uh, announced uh, that uh, in Wakanda Forever, the main bad guy is going to be Namor. Yep. And so Namor, the king of Atlantis, which they changed the name uh, from Atlantis to something else, but I can't remember yeah. it off the top of my head. And it was, it's interesting. I think it's like T-A-L-G-E-O-N or something. Yeah. And 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 if anyone is like mad about it, it was like, it was probably marketing purposes of, yeah. uh, because they already have um, Aquaman as the king yeah. of Atlantis, which yeah. interesting enough, namor was first yeah and it's always interesting because a lot of times marvel is uh accused of stealing ideas from dc yeah. and it's like this is one of those times like nope 100 percent was first i mean we're not going to get into this because there is the whole captain marvel story that we could get is a whole captain oh. marvel debacle that we could get into yes we ain't got time for that no that's an entirely different podcast yeah but it was uh, but so that was always an interesting notion with uh, Aquaman and Namor is like they're from Atlantis and Atlantis yeah. sunk and blah, blah, blah. So then they made it that they could uh, breathe uh, or water and all this other stuff. So there are there were baseline humans yep. that changed themselves where the uh, Atlanteans in and actually I think both of them are hybrids. Uh, because in um, Namor, his mom was human and his no, no, his dad was human and his mother was uh, Atlantean because uh, Atlanteans also have blue um, skin and yep. wings on their feet, which makes them that they can go through the water fast and also fly. Interesting. Um, but he's also a mutant as well. Yep. So he's that's the why first he's, mutant. he's the first mutant. And uh, in at in. Um, Aquaman, it's the same basic story where his mother was Atlantean and then his father was human. Yeah. 
So, which also would show, and since he's also reproduced, shows that Atlanteans and humans are cross-fertile, so they're fairly close together in genetics. Yeah. Uh, so, but, like, and it was always kind of interesting because I'm like, they have these underwater cities, more so with Aquaman, where they have these giant open-air areas where it's, like, not full of water. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so, I always found that really interesting. I was like, well, why would you do that? Like that just takes a lot of energy, like engineering to be able to do that for no particular purpose when you can just breathe in Atlantis uh, for Namor. I it's been a while since I've seen like when they had because Atlantis was like one when I started reading it, Atlantis was more destroyed than anything. It was so like I actually saw uh, it was interesting him watching uh, King Namor holding court and like clearly he's on in underwater. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And it's all dark and dim because he's on the bottom of the ocean and all this other stuff. I was like, oh, this yeah. is kind of cool. Right. And uh, but then, yeah, seeing the Atlanteans uh, having like these submarine ships and all this metal stuff and like yeah. that. I'm like, I guess to make it that they could make metal stuff, they would have to have some kind of oxygen rich environment. Yeah. But then how we are basically designing our uh, mermaids they wouldn't be all that physically strong for like upper body strength. Yeah. So I was like, that would be an issue. Yeah. Cause it was like, they would evolutionarily like the only person purpose why we have like arm strength is because we used to walk on all fours and that's where a lot of the muscle development was. Yeah. We, we have slowly gotten weaker and weaker as a species because we don't walk on all fours. Oh, how dare you, sir. Go fight it. Go fight a chimpanzee. I don't want to fight a chimpanzee. I want to be friends with a chimpanzee. Exactly. And there's a reason why. It'll rip your face off. Yes. I'm not... And easily. Not even trying. I just... <clears throat> I just I just don't want to fight. Why do we yeah. got to fight? Yeah. But just... uh, you could kick... Um, you'd probably have... A, you could kick them in the stomach a lot. And it would hurt them yeah. probably more. Because I don't think they have as developed abdominal muscles as we do ah so that would be, like uh what was it the when they were attacking italy during it was either yeah. world war one or world war two they had it like like when you see it on the maps they should like there is the underbelly of the wolf yeah and that's where they're aiming for oh yeah and it was like yeah because like a dog's abs aren't all that tough either that's the true. soft spot yep true i do i do agree with that because we can walk yeah. upright, we yeah. have stronger abs than a lot of creatures. Nice. Give and, give and take. Yep. Cool. So, do we have anything else that we want to say about these particular mermaids at this point? No, actually, I think I think we actually, because we actually really develop, uh, talked about a lot more than I ever expected to. Yeah. And I'm really happy with this. Yeah, good. Yeah, like we went with society. We yeah. We actually explained why we probably would have something that looks more or less human like in the sense of like their faces, like it, their heads probably would still be like, if we were looking like us, we'd like upward facing okay, as yeah. compared to it. So like they would always be like swimming um, yeah. Uh, yeah. horizontally and they they would probably always be more horizontal with each other yeah. rather than where we are. Like it's like, yeah, vertically how yeah. we communicate, which would make sense for trying to travel places. Yeah. Also, then they can look up and try and pretend to be part of our world. Uh, and we even, and I even incorporated yeah. like a hair-like thing when I was yeah. talking about a betta fish because of like yeah. the flowing fins. Oh yeah. So they, they, they would. I would think they would look, uh, pretty. Yeah. But not in the sense of like human attractiveness, kind of pretty. More of like that's a pretty fish. That's yeah. a beautiful creature. Yeah. In that sense, like a waterfall's pretty. Just wait until it gives you that come hither look. Yeah, I'm gonna say this right now. You know, no, no, no king shaming on this one here. You know, we are a look. If the if the if if the mermaid can consent, I say Uh, go for it. Yeah. Okay. Going back to why they have to be jacked and that stuff. Okay. Don't forget, according to the Onion's article. Dolphins have developed an opposable thumb and are starting to develop their own tools. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. So they have to contend with that war on the horizon. 
Yeah. Oh boy. Which that would actually be interesting, like seeing like uh okay, so this is actually this is this uh now that it made me think that you've added that part with the war with other creatures. So this is also really interesting for humans. I think because we talked about this before about our concept of like thinking in three dimensions. Mm-hmm. How fish in the ocean have to think in three dimensions. Fish a lot of times in like ponds or rivers, not so much because it's more shallow. Yeah. Humans used that we it was interesting because like when we were like first coming out of the water, we went from three dimensions to two dimensions because couldn't get up in trees yet. Yeah. And then eventually uh we evolved into like more simian monkey like things. So up to three dimensions again, and then we came back down to the prairies where we are more two dimensions again. So these creatures that we're establishing are creatures that will be thinking in three dimensions all the time. So I'm like, just think about like the structures of a city. Like they probably wouldn't develop many cities that are like in the middle of a field. I get would be the best analogy yeah. because I'm like that just, it'd be these huge overarching issues. So yeah, maybe they would need to be living in like uh canyon kind of structures where they, they can swim into different areas and they just have that little crack up to defend, like needing defend. Yeah. Cause I'm like yeah. the concept of walls also, or like, like city walls also wouldn't be a thing. Mm-hmm. That makes like, sense. Hmm. Ooh, that's interesting. Oh yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, they definitely have more. I mean, for as long as we existed, I mean, we didn't have air travel for, you know, a hundred until, uh, yeah, for most of this, we've only really developed air. We only developed any sort of like ability to travel through the air in the last hundred years, realistically. Yeah. yeah. So, ooh, okay. But yes, our fans, that's that's it for our discussion on fish-based mermaids. I, I I am actually really happy with this one. I, I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, definitely share this uh so next time uh we will be discussing the idea of like what happens if like a simian based species decided to go back into the water and became a mermaid Ooh. yeah so that one will be possibly looking more like the little mermaid in the sense of how their fins are structured and also that they would look more humanoid maybe yeah. Get back in the water, you damn dirty ape. Yes. Well, yeah. All right. So the gigantic reptiles on the earth stand by the coastline with their pitchforks. Get back. Get yeah. back. So until next time, I'm Mac. I'm Mike. I'm Dean. We'll see you next time. Toots. Bye. Bye. A Real Creature Feature is created by Matt Kuklinski, starring Matt Kuklinski, Michael Seaman, and Dean Snow. Any questions, comments, artwork, or general inquiries can be sent to realcreaturefeature at gmail.com. You can view any submitted fan art and pictures on our Instagram at a real creature feature. Some episodes were recorded weeks in advance due to our current sporadic recording schedule. Any comments left will be seen and addressed at some point, and you will be credited unless you tell us you wish to remain anonymous. If you like the podcast, please leave a review on the podcast app that works best for you. It really helps us out. Also, tell your friends, enemies, and total strangers about the podcast. They might enjoy it too, and that can bring us all closer together. So there is a thing. It's the um, levels of civilization. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who came up with it, but there, as of right now, there are three levels of civilization. Yep. And it's uh, level one is you're a you, the civilization is able to use all and it, there, it's based off energy requirements. You're able to use all of the energy on your planet. Like. So like no entropy gets created on that? No, no, no. I mean, like you can efficiently use all infer- like you can basically use all the sun's rays okay. from our uh pl- that hit our planet basically. Oh, okay. That amount of energy. So because of that, we are not a type 1 uh civilization yet. Oh. Good. Good. We we can only go up, baby. Yeah. Uh interesting, we do have we are getting pretty close to a type 1 level um communication resource the internet 
cool. Basically, when it, it hits, type one is when everybody on the planet can communicate with anybody. Neat. But because of, you know, technology re, uh, restrictions and um, government restrictions, that's yep. not true right now. Yeah, now, can. the sad thing is the, sca- the scariest, most dangerous part for civilization is when it goes from a type zero, which we are, to a type one. How so? Yeah. Because that's when we, uh, it's more of a social and societal issue. It's no. Yeah, it's I... the fundamentals, fundamentalists. Don't. And all that other stuff. Don't tell me this. I have very little hope left at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Why? Why must you kill <laughs> all the dreams? All of them. Every what? dream just dead. <laughs> just a pile of corpses. Along the way. Yeah, the moment I learned about that and learned about the whole, uh, t- the scariest part, I'm like, ah, oh, shit. We have to overcome, we have to overcome ourselves. Oh, yeah, absolutely. To, uh, I don't disagree with you on that. Corpses bobbing in the sea. Ha, 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 tee, hee, hee. And when, and uh, type two civilization is when uh, a civilization can use all the power of a uh, solar system, basically. Oh my god! So basically, so you know what a Dyson sphere is? I, 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 I understand the concept of the Dyson sphere. That I'm is a type. Yeah. That is a type two technology. Okay. So yeah, you're saying that my vacuum is a type two technology? Yeah. See, I don't <laughs> like the way you said that. Yeah. Don't, just uh, let, here, you're not taking this dream from me. My type two technology needs to be replaced with the new type two technology. That's how I know it's not actually a type two technology. Uh, if it was a type two technology, technically, I think it would suck your house into it. I mean, it, I'm not going to say it hasn't tried. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, type three is a civilization that can use all the energy of a galaxy. So, like. Okay, now, see, we have gone completely off topic, but now I have to ask this question. So does that literally mean, like, like would the civilization have to be galaxy-wide to use that energy? Or would it be Basically, the... A- yes, it would have to okay. be galaxy-wide. Uh, no, actually, they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't be a... You know, the closest that we've ever seen in, like, um, Star Wars is close to a, a level three, the, the Empire. Okay. It's not, but it's like it's closer to, and that's like that concept of that you need like a just a government ba- or a civilization yeah. that spans the entire galaxy. Okay. And then uh, there have been other ones where it's like uh, a Type Four, which has been a new category, uh, just because of sci-fi, and that's one that can use all the energy of a universe. Oh. So there have been only a handful in science fiction of species that would be considered that a Type Four. Time Lords are a type four. Yeah. I'm like, what happened to those guys? They're all creeps. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I'm over 2,000 years old, and I'm going to go pick up this chick and have her come on adventures with me. (laughs) Honestly. As a fan of Doctor Who. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but still, it's, I mean, if you you allow yourself even a little bit of time, a little creepy. Yeah. 